0: Hey guys, Paul Riddick here. Welcome back to another edition of the Baseball Dad Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about a controversy, a controversial situation that has emerged out in California. There's a little scandal that has kind of gone on between two little leagues that has emerged into legal battles and little league violations and private investigators, and it's got everything. So we're gonna we're gonna go through that. We're gonna really dissect this story and really one of the most well-written, awesome pieces of journalism I've ever seen talking about the state of youth sports and how it affects us as parents. So uh, before we do that, head on over to baseballdadshow.com. There's a few things over there. Um, Number one, there's a scorecard where you can see, you know, is your son ready to play at the next level? Should he play up or does he potentially have college or professional uh, DNA? Um, So you can get that there. There's also a word for word transcription um, of a dialogue that you can use use with your son's coach to help ask for more playing time a very tricky situation for dads um, something you could easily mess up so we helped you out there giving you the exact cut and paste words that you can use Um, also too if you want to talk with me you guys send in great questions and it's awesome but honestly it's sometimes it'd be easier for me to just pick up the phone talk to you for 10 minutes and I can answer your question fully rather than like on email which isn't the the greatest way to have a dialogue so um, also too please join our baseball dads a discussion group on Facebook it is an awesome community um, and so 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 engaged uh, I think the average question that a dad asks gets 33 responses which is like incredible engagement so if there's a quite if you want to be around a bunch of other fathers who have kind of been there and done that or are going through it too um, or you can offer your wisdom if you've been there and done that you can certainly offer your wisdom to the dads that are in that group so you can get all of that links to everything at Um, baseballdadshow.com so let's get into this article so this is incredible I'm going to tell you that the 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 journalist Mark Ziegler uh, from the San Diego Union Tribune just did an just an unbelievable job on this I, I mean this is just such such a wonderful piece and I'm going to read it to you um, and I'm going to comment on it. And I'm going to point out the things that I think are really um, you, you know, important to us. So the title is, The Problem Isn't the Little League World Series, It's That We Watch. Um, and we will link to this article down below. So again, The Problem Isn't the Little League World Series, It's That We Watch It. So let's get into Mark's article. It's easy to blame the parents who, according to documents and photographs, had their son play baseball for powerhouse Parkview Little League while living and attending school outside its official boundaries. Or in the case of another player allegedly used a relative's address while not actually living there. Or in the case of yet another player allegedly moved within the Parkview boundaries after the official roster deadline. It's easy to blame the parents of the neighboring East East Lake Little League for paying a private investigator thousands of dollars to follow kids home, snap photos, access property records, dig up website pictures of them from the cafeteria of a school miles from Parkview's area. It's easy to blame the local Little League officials for not issuing sanctions when confronted with pages upon pages of detailed, compelling evidence. It's easy to blame Little League International for acting like the IOC or soccer's FIFA And insisting, cough, cough, there's nothing to see here when confronted with the scandal that might taint sacred television ratings. Don't blame you, blame me. Blame the rest of us for glorifying 12-year-olds whose greatest achievement might be winning the genetic lottery and hitting puberty early for showering them with fame and adulation for watching in sufficient numbers that ESPN paid $60 million for eight years of TV rights and will televise 233 Little League baseball and softball games this summer alone for clicking newspaper links, for tuning into radio interviews, for attending pep rallies before tournaments and parades after them, for treating it less like Little League than the World Series. So I have a few comments here, and, and I think it's... Man, I, I get it as I've spoken to many parents and even some league officials who have had concerns similar to the, the Little League who hired the investigators. They never went that far, as it seems that this is a more um, extensive kind of violation. But, you know, I, I do it, it, it is it is very, very um, when, when it's put into this light, as, as Mark Ziegler has put it here, it is it is really eye opening and. I tell you what, you know, when he makes this point, you know, blame the rest of us for glorifying 12-year-olds whose greatest achievement might be winning the genetic lottery and hitting puberty early. No more truer statement could have been said. There is no such thing as an elite player. There is such thing as an early developing child, and that's what we run into. <clears throat> so from my position, my greatest fear is that early developing children get scooped up by unqualified coaches and get used and abused to win plastic trophies and fake rings and what happens is their development gets stunted their skills development gets stunted and then when that genetic um, ability kind of runs its course and wears out so in other words when you're a 5 10 11 year old and then when you're 16 mostly everybody's 5 10 2 um all of a sudden the thing that you relied upon now is not a not such an advantage as it was three or four years earlier and as we talked about in the last podcast with dr ahmad's book um that stat where um uh 10% Ten percent of the athletes who were elite when they were ten were elite when they were eighteen. Ten percent. So something to think about. Let's 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 continue. All youth sports have gone off the rails to a certain degree with travel teams and academy programs and hundred dollar an hour per hour privates private lessons and prepubescent specialization and overuse injuries and burnout. Do we really need to know who has the state's best? <laughs> 9U girl soccer team. <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, it does make adults' fumes very silly that someone's actually ranking 9U soccer teams, but there's money in it, and that's why people do it. Um, the Literally World Series is merely the extreme. It mixes apple pie, Americana, and summertime nostalgia with our two greatest obsessions, our kids and our egos. Now, I'm going to stop here because the next part is so good, because um, I want to get my thoughts in. You know, I got to tell you that. Um, I'm really conflicted over this too you know because I, I, I you know my father was so involved in Little League that um, even after we were gone for for years like into my 20s my father was uh, I think only up until the last few years before he passed away so um, we were fourteen fifteen years gone my brother and I my brother more from Little League and he was still involved and so Little League was really a part of our lives you know um, and so I bond to it, and I will tell you that I look forward to watching the Little League World Series. And and I have, you know, we put out an email a couple of years ago, like in December, that said Little League World Series coverage starts today. And it was kind of a joke because it seems like they're backing up, backing up and covering more and more and more. And we did notice that it was almost like they were going to start covering like regular season games. He's going to tell us why here, but I, I don't, I don't want to skip over the part that I, I you know. I see here. I see that now even uh, I'm, I'm contributing to the problem. Let's continue. The first myth about competitive youth sports is that they're just for kids. Building character, teaching teamwork, imparting life lessons. They're not. They're really for adults, making them feel worthwhile as parents, allowing them to boast to co-workers at the water cooler Monday morning, allowing them to post team photos on Facebook with medals and braces glistening in the sunlight, basking in the reflected glory the shrinks call it basking in the reflected glory the shrinks call it so just in case that didn't be that wasn't clear is that the, the psychologists are saying that as parents you know we like that our kids are early that are, have early success and win championships and it gives us things to brag and boast about and the psychologists call that as parents reflected glory so let's not you know let's take a good look here like is this something that we maybe have to look at as parents um i, I I can certainly understand that and feel it. And I think it's 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 an incredible point. The second myth, and this is a big one, I love this one. The second myth is that successful youth teams are the wholesome residue of coaching and hard work. Sometimes they are, but more integral to victory is filling your roster with kids who may or may not be from the neighborhood but were born in the months immediately after the cutoff age or grew early. Little League's major division fa- falls on the cusp of puberty when kids are sprouting at widely different rates, grow muscles and mustache early, and your 77-mile-an-hour fastball from the mound at 46 feet away arrives at the plate equivalent speed of 100-mile-an-hour heater in the big leagues. And that six foot 160 founder with an aluminum bat is swinging for a 200-foot outfield fences slightly farther than the infield dirt at a major league ballpark. The bigger issue, though, is between the ears, not the lines. What happens in five years when you're still 5'10 and that scrawny 5'2 kid you used to overpower with 77-mile-an-hour fastball grows to 6'4 and starts ripping it over 400-foot fences, the point we just made? What happens to your sense of self-worth when you face public humiliation for being cut from your high school team as as, as some Little League heroes inevitably do? Let me tell you something. That is much more prevalent than we think. Much, much, much more prevalent than we think. Um, Nobody posts on Facebook that my kid who was the star two years ago just got cut. In fact, they kind of move on, sweep it under the rug, play a different activity. And I'll tell you, but I talk to the dads. I talked to the dads who their their son was awesome when they were twelve, and now when their son's fifteen, just got cut from the JV team because everybody else grew up too. And then that dad came to realize that he got caught up in an early develop an early development genetically development cycle. They failed to develop the skills of their son, and now that everybody's the same size as him, they they were developing skills along the way. Now they're the same size with a greater skill set than their son did because they did they they kind of got caught up in this trap. So that is one hundred percent a very very real thing and happens a lot more than you think. What happens when the pinnacle of your sports career, maybe your life, comes before you're a teenager? Well, you book an appointment with Dr. Richard Ginsburg. Sure, some kids say it's a blast, Ginsburg, a leading psychologist from the Boston area who specializes in youth sports, wrote in a 2009 commentary about the dangers of televising Lily World Series, but for others, they are simply not ready for the prime time. Children at the ages of 11 and 12 are just beginning to really understand what it means to win and lose as their abstract thinking is just starting to develop. I don't think the average 12-year-old is well-equipped to deal with the success and failure while playing for a nationally televised audience. These boys are only kids. Let them experience the highs and the lows, the camaraderie, the joy of the game on a smaller scale that they can manage. Let's find other ways to entertain ourselves as adults. But that's just it. We can't. We watch because it's our supposed national pastime, because it falls in a dead part of the sports calendar when networks and newspapers are starving for content, because we're recaptured lost youth, because we cherish a simpler time of free of life's complications and full of all of its glorious possibilities. It's vicarious. It's voyeuristic. The innocence is intoxicating. i, I i'd just leave that right there. That was just incredible. Parkview doesn't open the 16 West Regionals in San Bernardino, the final hurdle to the Little League World Series in Williamsport, until Sunday night. But the players spent Tuesday visiting four different San Diego radio stations. On Tuesday, there was a two and a half hour pep rally with speeches and TV camera crews and a merch tent. The team's Facebook page is pumping an official watch party at Buffalo Wild Wings. The Greek, the Greek tragedy, of course, is that our fixation with the innocents ultimately destroys it. Crank up the stakes to preposterous levels in a championship-starved metropolis, and adults stop acting like them. Rosters get stacked, birth certificates get doctored, addresses get fudged, rival teams get mad, and hire... Private investigator, attorneys, and attorneys get retained. Eastlake Little League's formal protest was emailed to the Union Tribune last month. The parents who filed it initially said they would speak on record and then got cold feet after Parkview's presidents sent them a letter with veiled legal threats. The last Little League scandal the disqualification of the 2014 U.S. champions from Chicago for using illegal players resulted in a quagmire of civil suits. Lawyers are expensive. Now, th- th- this to me, again, is... You know, I think he made a point too about about teams that come up come about like our teams really the result of hard work and coaching, and we're and we're just seeing now it's just not. In fact, there's almost a lack of coaching. It's it's much more um, assembling of talented players and standing by them and put you know making their lineup and then. Kind of making some pitching changes, then taking credit for the win as if there was some kind of coaching instruction and wisdom imparted on on these players from these from these uh, teams. I don't want to. I don't want to say all. You know, I, I certainly don't want to. There are an abundance of good teams, but it's situations like this, right? That, that, that demonstrate just how far and how kind of off the rails that this can go. And you also, I think there's an, a, another thing. There was, there was, a, I don't know if you remember, but there was this great coach from Boston a couple of years ago who who gave this great speech after the game to his team. And he was mic'd up and I don't know if he knew or not, but the, he, you know, because he was mic'd up, they caught this speech, and it went viral, right? This him, like, pouring his heart out to his players, and it was, it was nice. It was really, really a, just, a very, I think, a very, very genuine moment. And then what we have seen now is as these Little League coaches are mic'd up, we kind of see them trying to have their own moment, too. I, I could just, I almost can feel it coming. Like, when a guy goes out to the mound to have a visit, or, or they go to the foul line, right, in Little League, um, you know, I can see that the coach is like, He's trying to kind of, not all of them, but there are some of them that are trying to have their ESPN moment, trying to have their viral moment, that because they are mic'd up, they are now part of the show and it all gets kind of put into this um, dishwasher. Um, When he talks about um, parents coming forward, we have had, we've documented some crazy things on this show. We get tons of emails um, that tell me about situations. And we're, we're kind of in a tough spot because I, I feel like we're, we have some responsibility, obviously to get the stories right. And to get the truth so that we're not, so we don't become part of sour grapes, right? Like one side of, you know, you get some, maybe person who's just kid got cut or whatever, and just has sour grapes or there's ego battles. Um, and so what happens is when we reply to people and we ask them like for either further information or documentation, um, so it goes a couple of ways. Sometimes people disappear. And I think those are the people that are just looking to, uh, to air some sour grapes. Um, two is they do send some stuff, but it, it's not really anything I think real or proves their point or substantial, or they do have some really good information, but they don't want to take the next step. They don't want to, you know, be on a show and not get that too, right? They don't want anything to, that would, you know, maybe indirectly, um, affect, um, their kids, you know. To have an impact on their kids. So I get it if you do have stuff and you want to send it to us Please do five six seven pitcher at gmail Um if there's stuff like this, you know, so but but I definitely get this now the parents have backed off because they don't want to be sued right? Like this is what it's come to is that you, so literally you have found out that somebody has violated the rules. Someone has cheated. There is a scandal. Little League sweeps it under the rug because they don't want to affect their television, um, their television ratings. And now the other Little League is threatening to sue the other Little League for finding out that they, that the other one cheated. And so now under the threat of lawsuit with a gun to their head, they back down. And so in all of this, so ESPN doesn't want to damage their ratings, literally doesn't want to damage their ratings and reputation. This league now doesn't want their scandal to be aired, so they threaten lawsuits. These other parents now are kind of getting cheated, right, because this team is unfairly recruiting players from outside their district. And all of this is happening. These are all grown-ups. And now where are the kids? Where are the kids? And here's my, my question. and my, my overarching bigger missions, where are the kids five years from now? What are we teaching them what are we telling them what are we demonstrating them what what are we giving them to model and that's for me because i i you know i get the calls i get the calls from the 18 year old the, the parents of the 18 year old the 16 year old the 13 year old and, and then eight nine ten i kind of see how it all plays out um, you know with people at different stages um, so let's continue um, Who knows if, as Eastlake Little League claims, Parkview's blatant violations of residency and school verifications are egregious, or just a big misunderstanding, or creative friction from a neighboring league jealous of Parkview's 2009 Little League World Series title and continued success, or whether people will even care when they tune into ESPN's two 233 televised games this month, or, or are among the 40,000 jammed into the stadium for the Little League World Series f- final, or give Parkview's green monsters a standing ovation when they make the obligatory appearance at a Padres game, or line the parade route in Chula Vista if they reach Williamsport and win. 233, and he's referring to televised games. They're 12 years old. What we need here, people, is some perspective. More park, less view. And that was a reference back to Parkview Little League. So incredible, incredible piece of journalism. Um, If you want to read it, we will link it down here. Again, congratulations. Thank you, Mark Ziegler, for just doing a phenomenal job and for our community and expressing this and so uh, the san diego union tribune we will link it in the show notes if you're if you're on itunes it'll be in the show notes or it will be if you're on youtube it'll be down in the um, description um, so that's it, uh, pretty disturbing situation. And we'll, I guess we'll see kind of how it plays out And the rest of the Little League World Series is starting now with the 233 televised games. So head on over to Baseball Dads Show. Again, we have the, the scorecard. Can your son play the next level? We have the cut and paste dialogue to how to ask your son's uh, coach for more playing time. There's an opportunity if you want to set up a call, to talk with me. And there's also to join our Facebook group, um, our Baseball Dads Facebook discussion group. So head on over to BaseballDadsShow.com. Guys, as always, I love you guys. You're awesome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, watching. Thank you for listening. And um, it means the world to me. Thanks, guys. And I will see you guys next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads. And I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.